the current projection for social media users by the year 2027, 6 billion people will be using social media. There are only 8 billion people in the world. That is more than half of our population on social media. It's become an integral part of our lives. And sure, there are a lot of benefits, but should kids be part of that population? Should they be part of the 6 billion people on social media? How detrimental is it to your child to be on social media? That's what I want to talk about today. All right, welcome to visit number 19 to the self-improvement room. I'm your host, Christy Davis, and today I want to talk about something that I love to hate, social media. But I want to talk about it in regards to our children. So young children, teenagers, how bad is it for them? How detrimental is it and why? Now, for me personally, I don't love it. I think it's a time suck. (laughs) And I have someone that works with me who helps me do all of the posting. So I try to stay off social media as much as possible. And when I'm on there and I am scrolling and I find myself (laughs) caught up in the social media scroll, the mindless, numb scrolling that you can definitely fall into, that's when I realise how toxic the environment is. And like I said, it's definitely got its positives. That's how I reach you guys. That's how a lot of businesses are reaching their audience, especially in the years we experienced COVID. Without social media, I think the world could have gone mad, although we've survived in the past without it. But I do believe it has its place and that's all I'm saying. But I don't think that place is in the lives, the daily lives of kids. And I'm talking about kids as young as eight and nine and into even the teenage years, right up to 16, 17. They say our brain doesn't stop growing until we're about 25 So we're incredibly impressionable during those years of our lives and that's why it can be so detrimental to your kids' mental health. So today I want to give you four of the main reasons that I've found for keeping social media away from your kids as long as you possibly can and even yourself. It's a really good idea to limit your own time and to really monitor how much time you spend on there and how it affects you as well. Now, I'm going to go through those four reasons and then we're going to finish up with a question from you guys. So you guys send me in questions weekly and then I do my best to give you an answer that could be helpful. Well, I hope it's helpful. All right. So let's jump into the first reason that I find social media to be so damaging to our kids. And I just want to say, firstly, that yes, you can monitor the social media that your children have. And if they do have social media, I suggest you do that. A lot of parents are quite worried about going through their kids' personal information, their phones, uh, and they want to 
respect their kids' privacy, which is admirable, absolutely. And to a degree, I agree with that. But there are many professionals that say it's our job to keep our kids safe. And if that means going through their messages or through their diary to see what is happening within their life away from you, then that's what we have to do. And that can be a hard thing for us to accept. But if that's the only place you're getting the information, then that's what you have to do to protect your children. Otherwise, don't give them a phone. Don't give them the PlayStation. Don't give them anything where they can go online. And we all know that that just is almost impossible these days. So the first reason of four for keeping your kids away from social media as long as you can is the negative impact that it has on their self-esteem and body image. And that's boy or girl, male or female. This is a huge concern. And one of the most significant, I think, when it comes to social media, the negative impact that it has on self-esteem and the body image of our kids really starts to show itself and that becomes evident in the form of usually anxiety, sometimes even self-harm and unfortunately that is something that we are dealing with. The statistics are something like, actually I'm going to pull these statistics up because they were so completely damning that uh, I took a picture of them so I could remember. So 35.7% of tweens So that is generally between 9 or 10 to 12 and 64.3% of teens were involved in a self-harm or suicidal situation and that's from the Barks 2022 annual report on children and technology. That is scary. That is so incredibly scary. These numbers are huge. 35% for somebody under the age of 13 and more than half of our teenagers have either attempted self-harm or suicidal had suicidal thoughts or even attempted suicide. And this is a difficult topic and one that I won't go into too much because I don't know enough about it, but it is there and it is getting worse and I do really believe that social media or the impacts of social media are contributing to those statistics. Platforms like Instagram and Snapchat, they're filled with meticulously curated, idealised representations of people's lives. And kids will compare themselves to the filtered, edited, photoshopped, flawless versions of these people leading to feelings of inadequacy and low self-worth. The constant exposure to flawless bodies and honestly unattainable, mostly unattainable beauty standards can contribute to that development of being unsatisfied with their body, which then leads to eating disorders and distorted perceptions 
of themselves. Your kids aren't just seeing this in magazines anymore like we used to. They're not just seeing it on the television. They are seeing it every single day through TikTok, through Instagram, through Snapchat, people using filters all of the time looking perfect and that's not a representation of the human race. We aren't perfect and we're not meant to be perfect but we are giving our kids this idea that we need to be and that is really really damaging. So that's the number one reason I believe kids really need to not be on social media. But if they are, they really need to be limited and families and friends and teachers and schools need to have these conversations to educate kids on what is real and what is achievable and attainable compared with what is not real and what we shouldn't be looking up to. All right, if you are looking for reasons to keep your kids off social media, here is my second reason, cyberbullying and online harassment. Now, I just finished a youth bullying workshop and we talked about this particular topic. And again, I had tweens and teens throughout the day and most of them had social media and most of them felt like they could never get away from this bullying, this harassment. It was just in their lives. When we were young, we could be bullied at school and we would go home and we wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Unless one of your ex-best friends picks up the wall phone and then wants to abuse you in front of their parents. That kind of stuff just didn't happen. But our world allows for that to happen now. And so parents have an even tougher job, I think, than our parents did. Parents today have an even tougher job when it comes to protecting their kids because social media provides an environment where cyberbullying and online harassment can thrive. And a lot of the time, parents don't know that their kids are being subjected to hurtful comments and rumours and even threats from their friends and strangers. And because you've kind of got this protective barrier around you when you are on social media rather than face-to-face with people, it makes people feel more bold and because of that they feel like they can come at you you've seen it happen a lot and they don't consider the consequences and cyberbullying can have severe psychological effects it can cause not only anxiety and depression but it can lead to even suicide the constant pressure of being under scrutiny of being judged can really create a difficult living environment for our kids. And that just leads them to fear of social interaction as well. And that has a negative impact on their mental health. Kids start to believe that the way people act on social media is the way people are in real life. Now, you would have seen the keyboard warriors come out and I always think to myself, would you really say that to me, to my face, if you were in front of me? 
I guarantee you wouldn't. Nine times out of ten, you would not say that to somebody. And that's that keyboard warrior kind of thing where they feel protected and comfortable. You kind of get that tenth one who will say it in front of anyone. But that's another podcast episode. But these interactions are far more bold than they would usually be because they feel protected and then that leads to our kids not being protected. So online cyber bullying is incredibly detrimental and it is real and it is happening all of the time. So if your child is on social media, that is something you must monitor. Kids are smart, yes, and you might say, yes, I've got a smart and mature child and you know, if they're in trouble, they'll come to me. They won't. Most of the time they won't. And I would make the same mistake too and think, oh, my child trusts me and they're mature and I think that they'll be fine. But they're just kids, easily manipulated, and they want to protect us as well as parents. So it really is our job to be bold and to sometimes upset your child and overstep what they would believe to be your boundary in order to protect them. Number three reason is, and I see this a lot, and this is really bad if your child has ADHD especially, and that's addiction and excessive screen time. I'm really strict in my household with screen time, mainly because I understand the impacts, especially on an ADHD brain like my own. The brain completely lights up when you are on when you're on social media, when you are gaming, you're always looking for these hits of dopamine. And that's that's what we're all looking for, but it's way worse with a child or way worse in a child that has ADHD. Now, social media platforms are designed to be addictive. They have strategies. They create strategies like the endless scrolling and the notifications to keep people engaged. I get caught all of the time. I try not to. I have rules in place, but if I open social media and I see the notifications or I hear the notifications, then that's it. I'm sold and I'm scrolling. But kids and teenagers are particularly vulnerable to developing addictive behaviours. And again, even more so in a child with a neurodiverse brain. They can find themselves spending excessive amounts on platforms on these social media platforms in fact I saw one I don't remember when it was but I saw one child on the news who was gaming fair enough that wasn't social media platform but he gamed until he died he gamed while his mum was at work and it was something like 17 hours straight and he had no food and no water and he ended up dying this is ridiculous because The games are made and social media is made to be addictive. Social media or excessive time, excessive screen time really impacts your life. It takes you away from or it takes our kids away from other essential activities like studying, like exercise, like actual face-to-face social interactions, going out with their friends and experiencing that human (laughs) face-to-face connection and that can really be detrimental in building social skills. I see so many kids, even my kids these days, 
who won't go up to the counter and order their own food because they're too anxious, who won't get on the phone and speak to somebody on the phone because they are too anxious, yet they'll jump on social media and make a TikTok video. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But this is the world that we are living in and it's up to us as parents to put measures in place and to have these conversations with our kids so they understand how to use social media constructively if they must use it. I'd prefer not to use it at all. On top of those things, excessive screen time will disrupt sleep patterns. And that, and I want to do a a podcast episode on this because sleeping is a huge, huge part of your basic health needs. And if that is impacted negatively, then your entire life will be impacted negatively. It not only impacts your day-to-day living, but it impacts your cognitive development, well, young kids' cognitive development, and it impacts our cognitive behaviour as well. You would know after you've had just a few hours sleep, if you're not one of those people who can live on three hours, if you've only had a few hours sleep, you will notice that you are foggy, that your memory is really bad. For me, it's an instant migraine if I get less than my usual sleep amount. So sleep is a big thing. And uh, as I said, I will be doing an episode on that coming up in the next couple of weeks. All right. And lucky last, lucky number four is our privacy and online safety concerns. Kids are unknowingly, actually we are all unknowingly sharing personal information and some of us are engaging in risky behaviour online, especially our kids because kids are so easily manipulated because they're still growing, their brains are still developing and they're still learning who they can and can't trust. And that makes them targets for exploitation. It makes them targets for scams and it makes them targets for grooming. And that is a huge one. I think I was told the other day uh, that one of the biggest platforms that online predators are at the moment trying to groom kids is Roblox, like seriously Roblox. So if your kids use Roblox, that is something to be very, very mindful of. Now, social media platforms also gather a plethora of information. They are always collecting data, which is then used in advertising. You you can try it right now. Uh, you can talk about anything, anything you like at all. And then within a few minutes, you will see it coming up on your phone. In fact, it's so reliable at doing that that sometimes if I cannot find the information that I'm looking for about something, I will just talk about it around my phone and my phone will provide me with all of the information I'm looking for because it targets, it targets what you are interested in. Now, it's crucial for parents to educate their kids about online privacy, about security and responsible social media use because that's the only way you're going to mitigate the risks effectively because 
as much as I'd love to never have kids on social media, at some point they are going to be using social media and they need to in order to understand how to communicate in that world. So it's something that I definitely don't like to give kids under 16 but it's also something that around the age of 15 they're going to start wanting well younger they'll want to start using it but at the age of 15 I think that's something that can slowly be introduced and again that's just my opinion I'm not sure what the actual age is or the suggested age is but my daughter was uh, 15 when I started introducing her to social media because it's something that she will need to learn to navigate safely and responsibly and I walk her through how to do that. And that is now part of our parenting job. So like I said, social media absolutely has many benefits, but it's really crucial to acknowledge the potential harm that it can have on our kids, the negative impact on their self-esteem, the cyberbullying, the addiction and excessive screen time. And then those privacy concerns, they are all significant factors that make social media damaging for kids. To protect our kids, it's vital as parents and educators and as a society as a whole to promote responsible online behavior and to really foster that open communication and ensure that we are creating a world, a safer world for the younger generation because social media is here to stay whether we like it or not but we need to be able to navigate it safely and then we need to teach the younger generation to do the same. If we can get together and address these kinds of concerns collectively then we can definitely help create a safer, healthier environment for our kids and this podcast episode is really just to start raising awareness about social media because a lot of parents really don't understand the extent that predators will go to, the extent that kids care about being judged and what other people think and the impact, the overall impact it has on their mental well-being. So that is quite a heavy episode this week, isn't it? I am grateful though that you have joined me for another week 19 in the self-improvement room and I have just one question this week before I leave you and this was sent in two weeks ago and the question is from anonymous because we keep all of our guests anonymous so firstly if you do want to send in your own question we will have the link below in the show notes for you where you can send your question and we will or I will endeavor to answer it on the show. In saying that, this is just based on my opinion. So if you are looking to make any changes in your life, it is always best to source professionals and get their professional opinions and their professional advice. So this question is, or it says, Hey, Christy, I was listening to your podcast episode about the mental prison and I was just wondering how you knew that you were stuck in your mental prison. 
Cool. Okay. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Well, they're always good questions, but I think the time that I realized that I was in trouble, <laughs> I was stuck in this uh, habitual thought pattern, which I called my mental prison uh, of negativity and hateful, spiteful thoughts about myself. I think it was when it really started to impact my daily life. So when I started to feel anxious, uh, when I started to question who I was as a person, and then I decided to pay a little more attention to my thoughts. And that's when I realized there were so many thoughts that were consistently of this negative nature of putting myself down, of not speaking to myself nicely, of just feeling worthless all of the time. And it was relentless. And I think that's probably when I really realized that there was an issue was when it was relentless. It was happening over and over again. And that's when I decided that I needed to monitor it closely and then make some changes. And I've been making changes every day for the last nine years, eight, nine years. And uh, it took some work, but I would do it all over again in a heartbeat every single day because my life is so different and my mindset is so different and my thoughts are so incredibly different. So I'm really grateful for that. So if you are experiencing those relentless, consistent thoughts that aren't positive, that don't make you feel good, then you might be in your own mental prison and it might be time for you to stop and pay attention to those thoughts and start on a journey of creating better thought habits. All right, if you have a question for the show, please check out the link below in the show notes and click on that and send in your question and then listen to the show, tune in, join me in the self-improvement room and have your question answered. All right, until next week, stay safe and stay well.